Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood, having trained more than 24,000 pets, helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura, answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Good Saturday morning, everybody. I'm Will Bangura. And I'm Jordan Marsteller. And you're listening to Pet Talk today here in the Valley of the Sun and on Facebook Live. We're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. And we're here to answer your dog and puppy training and behavior questions. If you have been joining us for a while, thank you. We appreciate your support. If you're brand new to Pet Talk today, let me talk a little bit about how this is going to work. If you have a question about your dog's training or behavior, what we would like you to do is go ahead and type your question into the comment section. And then we're going to go ahead and read your question. And we're going to go ahead and begin to answer your question as well. Now, the other thing that I would like you to do, and hey, do this right now. Comment in the comment section. Let us know where you're watching from, what city, what state that you're in. And also, please do us a favor and hit the like button and share this video to your feed. The more people that share, the more people that uh, click the like button, the more that Facebook is going to allow other people to be able to see um, what we're doing. Well, it's time to say good morning to my sidekick and your co-host, Jordan Marsteller. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How... How is everybody's Saturday going? I am very excited for today. I think today we have a very special thing. I think we're talking about the seven well, secrets or something. Yeah. Like that, so after you know, we're going to yeah. take questions because that's primarily what we're here for. You know, not everybody can afford private in-home training. Absolutely. And so this is our opportunity to be able to give back to the community, right. help those people that that can't afford it. But yeah. Make sure that you stay for the right, entire right. show because a little bit later on in the show, I'm going to share with you the seven secrets to a perfectly behaved ah, dog. Seven secrets. That's a good one. So that's a good one. make sure that you don't go anywhere. Oh, wow. Now, look at this. We've got, we've got people from Orangeville, California, state of Washington. Good morning. Oh, Jersey Turnpike South. Oh, hello. That's actually my cousin, Sierra. They're on their way back from New York, headed back to Virginia. How's okay. it going? My mother and my cousin, Sierra, actually watching right now. Very nice. Now, yeah, Jordan, got- we were going to, we talked about the fact that we're going to try to take callers. Absolutely. Um, and, and folks, we left the AM radio to do Facebook Live exclusively. So... In the AM radio station, they took care of all the technical stuff. Now we're having to do that ourselves. If for some reason yeah. we have any technical problems, we lose the feed, don't go anywhere because we'll put another feed up immediately. Absolutely. If that happens. But we're going to try to take your calls. Jordan, what would be the number that people would call in on 
if they would like to call and be on air with us and ask their questions. Absolutely. If you have any questions, if you would like for us to answer your questions here live on the air, please give us a call at 602-525-6880. Again, that number is 602-525-6880. I'm also going to put it in the chat for you. There we go. Again, if you have a question, please do not hesitate. Give us a call and we'll get you live here on the air. Did you happen to, um, did you see the American Rescue Dog show? I, I did not. I did not. I wanted to watch it, but I didn't. I, I'm, I'm going to admit that I did not watch All it. All right. Well, the dog that won best in show for the American Rescue Dog show um, I can't remember the dog's name, but he his category that he won was uh-huh. best in snoring. <laughs> I love it. And then he won best in show there because every category they competed for best in show. They had best in belly rubs, best in snoring, best in fetching, best couch potato. Um, it was a great show uh, to see a lot of rescue dogs and, and to have a lot of fun. Oh, looks like we already have a, our first caller. We have a first caller. Let's go ahead and take them. Absolutely. Welcome to the show. This is Jordan with Pet Talk Today. How's it going? State your name and where you Put them on the Roadcaster. Make sure we've got them on Roadcaster, okay? There we go. Can you hear us? It's a little hectic. There we go. Is that better? I can hear you. What kind of a question do you have for us? I have a four and a half month old shepherd pup who is very headstrong. Um, and he loves to jump up on the counters of the stove. How can I break him? All right. So the problem is your dog likes to get up on the stove? Up on the counters of the stove. Or on the counters? Can I break him? All right. Well, you're kind of breaking up a little bit. I, I can't hear you on my end. Okay. Can you hear us now? Yes. Okay, perfect. Now, is this about a dog that is getting on the stove or the counter? Yes. Okay, perfect. Now, one of the things that we need to understand is that if your dog is doing that when you're not around, you've got to set something up that your dog cannot do that when you can't see your dog getting up there or this is never going away. First and foremost, we have to have the dog stop rehearsing that behavior and then we can begin to work on modifying it. And one of the things that you want to do is set the dog up. Go ahead and put things on the stove, put things on the countertop, give the dog an opportunity to do the behavior you don't want the dog to do so that you can correct the dog in in the act. And a lot of times it's just a good firm no that can correct the dog. But the biggest thing is stopping the dog from doing it when there's no consequence. Because if your dog's able to get on the counter, if your dog is able to get on the stove and there's no consequence because you're not there to give a correction, your dog is reinforcing that behavior. It continues to get conditioned over and over again. Now, what a lot of people don't do is they're just reactive. They wait for the dog to just offer that behavior. And then, yeah, maybe they'll yell at the dog, correct the dog or something. But what I'm asking you to do is to be proactive, okay? 
Be proactive okay. and set the dog up. Put things on the counter that you know the dog might want to go for. Put things up on the stove that you think the dog might want to go for. Do that two or three times a day where you're actually proactively working on that behavior. Does that make sense? Yes. And if more people would do that, they wouldn't have these type of problems. But again, you've got to avoid the situation when you can't watch it because there won't be a consequence. And then you've got to be proactively setting things up so that um, you can effectively make change so that you have enough opportunity because dogs need repetition in, in relatively, you know, a short period of time. And if they don't have that, then the problem is, is that it's just not consistent enough and it gets spread out over too much time if we're just being reactive. Okay. Okay, sense? he's been yes, he's been doing this since we got him. We've had him since he was eight weeks old, and we're always sitting at the table and we're watching. And when he goes to go over there to get up there, we tell him no. Mm-hmm. I even went and got a correction collar, and that doesn't face him one bit. Okay, well, here's the thing: a lot of people will say no, and it doesn't phase them because it's not something unpleasant. It becomes an interrupter, and. When we're correcting a dog, we're talking about pairing something uncomfortable. And you say you got a correction collar. You know, there's lots of different collars out there, and every dog has a different temperament as far as what level of correction they need. You need to let the dog, you know, gauge. You you watch the dog. You gauge whether or not uh, the correction is uh, firm enough for the dog. But a lot of times, if it's a good verbal no, and you really mean it, that, that's a big thing. But you've got, a, you've got zero to a half a second to correct the dog in the act. Timing is everything. Right. If you correct late, not going to happen. Now, the other thing is I want you to actually encourage the dog to jump up there. And if the dog doesn't take the bait, I want you to reward the dog with a high-value food reward. Okay. If the dog takes the bait, you're going to correct the dog. So you're working both ends of the coin. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Give that a try and do us a favor. After you've been doing that for a week, why don't you come next Saturday and let us know how things are going? I will do that. All right. Hey, we appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'm Will Bangura. And I'm Jordan Marsteller. And you're listening to Pet Talk today. If you're just joining us, let me tell you how this works. We're here to help you deal with all of your dog and puppy training and behavior problems. If you've got a question, please type your question in the comments section. And when you do that, we're going to go ahead and read your question. And we're going to go ahead and do our best um, to help answer that so that you can have a better relationship with your dog and your dog can have a better quality of life. Um, Do us a favor, um, go ahead and hit that like button for us and also comment where are you watching from? What city, what state are you in? Well, I don't know if you know about this, Jordan, but uh, happy birthday, Pebbles, 22 Ah. years old. Now, Pebbles uh, unseats Toby Keith, the Chihuahua, as the world's oldest dog. And Pebbles is a terrier. Really? How old? How old is this? 22. Dog? 22. And you know what? World's that oldest is, dog. That is that is fantastic. 20 
two years old. Hey, Jordan, do we have any questions? No, in the actually, believe section? it or not, believe it or not, late last night, yes, we did receive a question from Vidalia. Okay, and she actually she's here watching right now. She actually just commented. Oh, and so this is the question that we received from her last night. She has a service dog. Okay, and uh, basically, let me pull up her question. I've got it right here. Here we go. I apologize. Okay, so here's her question. She says she has a service dog in training. She is super destructive when left unsupervised. When left unsupervised, she has gone to the extent of barking, breaking out of her kennel, and even breaking things in the house and inside of her kennel. And she rents. She does not own. She has tried CBD treats. She has tried toys in her kennel. She has tried ignoring the behavior. She's tried peanut butter. She has put her favorite toys in the kennel. She has put her shirt in the kennel. She feels like she's going crazy. She is a year and four months old, and she's a lab husky mix. She is from Redding, California, and her name is Vidalia. Well, welcome, Vidalia. We appreciate your comments, your questions. Um, Jordan, you want to take that one? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so the first thing that we need to do here is we need to start working on our separation anxiety protocol. Okay. The way that it works is you have to look at it from the angle of what is separation anxiety. It is the fear of being away. It is arousal excitement about your return. They are looking forward to when you get back. They are scared that you're never coming back. So the first thing that we have to fix is we have to make your departures and your returns uneventful. They have to be boring. So you're going to put your dog in her kennel and then no treats, no nothing, no good, no, no talking to her completely 100% boring. You're going to walk away for just a second and then come right back. And you're not going to say anything to your dog. You're not going to give her a treat. You're not going to pet her nothing. And then you're going to do it again. Walk away just for a second and then come right back. And then do it again and again and again and again. And your dog starts to realize, oh, mom's coming right back. And then you're going to start extending this time right now. Here's the thing. It's very, very important that you do not build a pattern. And by that, I mean, you don't want every time that you're gone for it to be a little bit longer. Yes, the overall goal is to extend the amount of time that you're gone. However, if you start building this identifiable pattern of I'm gone for five seconds, five seconds, five seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 15, 20, 30, 45, your dog is going to start getting anxious about the fact that every time you leave, you may not be coming back for even longer. So instead, let's say you've made it to 40, 45 seconds. Well, then throw in a random five seconds where you just walk away for five seconds and come right back. Then do it for 10. Then do it for two seconds. Then do it for 45. Then do it for 30. Then do it for 20. Then do it for 50 seconds. And you are you need to make sure it is so important that you're not rewarding your dog. You are not petting your dog. You're not giving your dog treats. It is completely boring. And if your dog starts whining, barking, crying, anything like that, you've gone too far, too fast, too quickly. And then I see that, Will, you want to you wanna add something. Well, what I wanted to say is that the dog can't have a care in the world. Right. So let's say that you exit and you're gone for three seconds and you come back in. If the dog's very concerned, you've walked away and those three seconds were too long. 
Yeah. And when you can, for a week or two, go out and come back in and the dog is completely aloof, could care less because you're the most boring person in the world and you keep going in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, but you're doing this in very short increments, okay? Um, the dog can't have a care in the world. If you walk in that door, the dog has a care. You have gone too long, too quick. You've got to get the dog desensitized. And as Jordan was saying, yeah, you're going to increase that time and that length of time you're gone, but it cannot be linear. It cannot be something that, as Jordan said, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. No, it's got to be one, two, three, four, five, one, six, seven, two. So shorts and longs mix in the shorts. You got to vary the time. Dogs are great at picking up patterns. If they pick up that pattern, as Jordan said, they're going to get anxious because they know that the way this game works is it just keeps getting longer and longer and longer and longer. So that's one of the things that, that you need to do. Anything else on that, Jordan? Yeah. So, There was there was a few other a few other questions in here. Um, let's see. She's also destructive when left unsupervised. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest here. I'm gonna be honest, Vidalia. Based on what you're telling me, this sounds like a very actually severe separation anxiety problem. Well, um, and the question is, does is this a dog that has anxiety in the crate? Right. That's that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is yeah. is it is it secluded only to the crate or is this separation in general it seems like it seems like it's in general vidalia um is is this is this uh isolated to just when she is in the crate or is this any time that your dog is left alone that is very important because if this is a widespread um problem your dog may actually be a candidate that you need to speak with a certified behavior consultant and figure out if there might be a little bit more going on uh, neurologically or if there's something that needs to be done more intensively for rehabilitating your dog. Um, This does sound like a a pretty intense separation anxiety issue. Um, So our recommendation here is to start working on that separation anxiety protocol and possibly even get on the phone with a behavior consultant. And one of the things I think too, Jordan, is that she may need to consult with her veterinarian. Absolutely. Okay. Um, there are some dogs that have such severe separation anxiety that, in addition to, um, in addition to the separation anxiety and the behavior modification protocol that we have to uh, to work with. Um, we also sometimes have to look to medication in order to help us to do the work. Absolutely. Kind of take that edge off because a dog might not be able to do the work without that help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. We have a lot of questions going just crazy in the comments right now. Uh, Francis added in for that first caller that they would also recommend not leaving things on the stove and the counter. Absolutely. Leaving things. When you have a dog that has a counter surfing problem, if you're leaving items out on the counter and allowing your dog to get to them, they're just reinforcing that behavior. That is the strongest reinforcer. Food is going to motivate your dog to keep doing it. Hey, folks, are you able to see our video stream? Comment if you can see our video stream right now. If you um, can hear it. It looks like we are getting, it does look like we are getting a few. All right, we're back. All right. Hello. Oh. oh. 
All right, we are back. Hey, folks, we apologize. We're still working out some technical difficulties here. Um, our first video feed went dead, so we're back up again. Hopefully, uh, people are going to start joining us again. Um, now, a little bit later on in the show, I'm going to be going through what are the seven secrets, the seven secrets to a perfectly behaved, a perfectly trained dog. So make sure you don't go anywhere. Hey, if you're watching, please do us a favor, hit that like button. Please comment and let us know where you're watching from. And if you have a question about your dog's training, if you have a question about your dog's behavior, do us a favor and type that question into the comment section, and then we will do our best to be able to answer that absolutely, for you. Absolutely, absolutely. So anyways, you know, um, today, today of all days, you know, do you know what today is, Will? What is today? Today marks exactly one year and one week that I have been here in the great state of Arizona. Ah, okay. One year and one day as of today, or one one year and a week. Okay, so yeah. this will be your second summer. Absolutely. And you least. know what? It better not be as wet as last summer. It mm. really, really... Um, now, okay, Vidalia, you're back. Okay, yes, the last thing that we were saying was... um. Please consult with your veterinarian. This is a this is a severe problem that uh, that getting a veterinarian involved and a behavior consultant that is that is the best that is the best course of action here. It sounds like your dog because you also stated that it was a general problem. It wasn't just in the crate. This is when it's widespread like that. You're looking at something possibly neurochemical in root, maybe genetic. You know, you there's there's lots of possibilities of what's going on there, and there might be the necessity to add on some sort of psychopharmaceutical, um, or some sort of, you know prescription medication, something that may be helping your dog or supplementation. Um, so we highly recommend get with your veterinarian. Um, let's see, let's see. We have, we're getting our viewers. They, they're coming back in. They are coming back in. Let's see. And again, folks, we apologize for that technical problem. We're trying to still work out the technical, uh, uh, problems that we're having here as we're doing it on ourselves. looks like judy hey judy do us a favor comment uh where you're from where are you watching from what city hit that like button for us if you would as well judy says my dog guards so much no one can get near anyone that uh, uh here he blocks doors um judy it sounds like that you've got a dog uh that has aggression you say guards uh, so much that nobody can get near anyone that here he blocks doors. I'm not sure. Um, Santa Clara. Okay. Um, so one of the things, let's see if we can, are you able to give us a call to, so we can ask you questions and get a little more information? Are you able to do that right now? Let us know. We've got Janet that's watching from Kearns Canyon, Arizona. Judy, Judy, Judy. Judy, again, that number, and this is for anybody, mm -hmm. that number to call is 602-525-6880. Again, 602-525-6880. 
If you've got a question about your dog's training, if you've got a question about your dog's behavior, you can do one of two things. You can call that number and get on air with us, or you can go ahead and type your dog and puppy training and behavior question in the comments section, and then we're going to go ahead and answer those for you. Hey, Will, do you want to go ahead and type that number into the into the chat? Since it doesn't like when I do it. Um, yeah, I guess so. What is that number? That number again is 602-525-6880. 602-525-6880. That is correct. Okay. All right. So, you know, with that being said, I, I there was something that I wanted to kind of touch on that a lot of people ask, and I see it a lot. People bring it up every show, and I'm just going to go ahead and hit it a little bit here. There is this problem where dogs, they, 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 it's like, they're like, my dog will come when called. My dog will sit when, when told to. My dog will lay down when told to, unless they are distracted. And it's like, they don't even care about the treats when they're distracted. Well, here's the thing. The first thing you need to do is let's look at the treats that you're using. Let's first start by upping the motivation of your food reward. Find the most valuable piece of food that you can. Next, I want you to start rewarding your dog every single time, every time that they are, uh, every time that they do what you ask them to, they need to be rewarded. They need to think, oh man, when mom or dad asks me to do something, I'm going to get a treat period, plain and simple, no ifs, no ands, no buts, right? Then after your dog starts to get the idea, man, I'm always going to get a treat. They're always, they're going to be more motivated you know, to get it done. I'm going to interrupt you. And the yeah. reason I'm going to, because we got some call or oh. we've got some questions and they're yeah. a big deal. Now, one of the first ones that I want to get to is Julia. Julia says, my dog is suffering from extreme separation anxiety i just lost that jumping out windows oh wow i have only had her two months julia when it's that severe and your dog can get hurt you need to see a veterinarian you are going to need medication along with hiring a behavior consultant okay so one of the things i want you to do is i want you to get on the internet and i want you to find yourself a veterinary behaviorist where you live there and I want you to also get online. You can go to the Certification Council for Professional Dog Trainers, and you can do a search for a behavior consultant. Don't get a regular trainer. Get a behavior consultant because those are the folks that, that specialize in things such as separation anxiety. Um, now, you know, there's all kinds of things that we could tell you about it. And if you watch the first video uh, that we did before we lost our feed, Jordan had talked about separation anxiety because there was another person that asked that question. Yeah. So watching our videos, you know, a lot of times people have the same type of question. Yeah. And so we are able to... Um, answer a lot of people's questions without having to do it two, three, four times because we've already covered it. Um, Karen says that she's got two small male rescues that mark all over their house. Any suggestions on stopping this ah. behavior? So Karen, let me take this one. Uh, first and foremost, Karen, if you have not subscribed to the Pet Talk Today podcast, you need to do a Google search or go to Apple Podcasts, search for Pet Talk Today. It is, I believe, uh, episode 16 
Episode 16 is 45 minutes of all potty training information. That entire 45 minutes covers from A to Z. If you follow those guidelines in episode 16 of Pet Talk Today, you will definitely potty train your dog. But let me just give you a few things. You know, I know I'm sending you to the podcast, but let me talk about a few things. The number one rule when you have a dog that's got a potty training issue, the number one rule if you have a dog that is destructive, you need to have that dog or puppy in your eyesight at all times, even if you've got to tether the puppy to you. And when you can't watch the dog or puppy, you need to put them in a crate. So crate training is essential. You know, most dogs, most puppies are not going to soil their crate. And again, I talked about it in an earlier question, and that is there has to be a consequence. If, if an animal is allowed to engage in a behavior that we don't want, and there's zero consequence that's going to be extremely difficult to be able to extinguish that behavior because the behavior is self-rewarding. It is uncomfortable to hold it. And when you go to the bathroom, there's relief. It feels better. And the dog truly doesn't understand that it should not use the house or it wouldn't do it. I don't care if you come home and the dog looks guilty, okay? The dog just knows that you're upset about something. The dog doesn't know that it did something wrong. Now, the other thing that we've got to make sure that we're doing is we need to get the dog out to go to the bathroom a lot more often, every one hour, every two hours. And you need to have high value food rewards. And as soon as your dog finishes peeing, as soon as your dog finishes pooping, you need to say, good dog, and give a treat immediately, high value, like cooked chicken, cooked beef. And so the whole thing is, is that we want wonderful things to happen as soon as your dog goes to the bathroom in the right place. And also, we're going to supervise or we're going to create if your dog has an accident in the house. Now, you're supposed to be supervising, so you should see it. If that happens, you're going to take your dog or puppy, you're going to put them in a crate. They're going to have a timeout. All right. They're going to learn that, hey, if I go in, if I go to the bathroom in the house, I've got to have a timeout. Okay. The other option would be to give a really good firm no. Okay, and correct that behavior. But something unpleasant needs to happen. That something unpleasant is either I got to take a time out or I get a verbal correction and it's, it's something that I don't like the tone of that verbal correction. Um, those are just a couple tips, but get to episode 16 of Pet Talk Today's podcast and you will hear all about um, how to potty train the dog. Okay. So hopefully that works for you. Looks like we may have a caller. Hello. How's it going? Can you hear us? Yeah. Perfect. 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 So state your name and where you're from. Um, Judy Rivas and I'm from Santa Clarita. Ah, perfect. That's right. Judy. Yes, 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 yes. So give is us yours the separation more. anxiety. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mine is the. Uh, Mine is the guarding. Oh, the, oh guarding. the guarding. That's right. That's right. Okay. So let's talk about that. Wait, wait. Before we do yeah. that, I need you to clarify what the problem is because yeah. you typed it and it was a little confusing. So can you tell us what the problem is? Okay. So if anybody comes over or if I'm, if anybody walks in the door, well, if someone comes to the door, he barks tremendously. And then if anybody comes over and say, my grandkids are here and I'm here, they're older my son and we're sitting on the couch and then my son approaches the living room, he'll like go and just bite at his feet. Okay. 
and he'll he'll snap at anybody that comes near the cows or near us. Okay. And he's out in my room. I'll be in the room, and he'll just be standing at the door, you know, just watching. Like if someone comes near the hallway or the room. Sure, sure. Okay, Jordan, you want to take that? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so it sounds like you have a area location guarding is one of the primary problems going on here. And so, first question I'm going to ask, how old is your dog? He is five years old. Five years old. How old was he when you got him? Six months. Six months. And how long ago did this issue begin? It started when... I moved, I lived with my two daughters, and we had a pug, another dog, and he was fine, and then we moved over to my other house, so I would say about two years ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, what would you well, say... we separated him from the pug. Okay. Now, what would you say is his most commonly guarded object? Like, what is, what is he becoming the most aggressive about the most often? He guards now me because, well, my daughter... That's who he was more attached to, so he's harder. You can't even, I couldn't even get near her. But she moved out, so now it's me. Okay, okay. So so explain that to me. When? How is he guarding you? Like, he's he's guarding you, and people can't approach you? Or is he with you on the couch? Or is it just if you're standing there and somebody approaches you? What's what's going on? No one can get near me. No one can get what near about me, outside? Period. What yeah. about, I got a question. What about outside? What if you were outside um, on the sidewalk with the dog? Could somebody get near you? Um, he'll bark at you. He'll like start barking and growling. But if I take him to the vet, if I take him to the groomer, he's fine. Okay. So I think he'll we go need... with them. They can get him. Yeah. So we need to start with the door, Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, the first thing that we need to do here is we need to start building a really, really good recall into your dog. Okay. You need to teach your dog to come when called. The way that you're going to do this is you're going to put him onto a long line and just start walking him around, right? And as soon as he hits the end of that line or he gets distracted and he's going the opposite way from you, you're going to immediately, so if he's going north, you're going to start going south and you're going to give him slight little tugs on the leash and you're going to say, come at the exact same time that you're giving these tugs. As soon as your dog starts moving towards you, that is when you're going to mark that behavior. And when he gets to you, you're going to give him a treat and you're going to practice this over and over and over and over and over. And we're teaching our dog to come when called. Okay. Now, the reason why we're teaching your dog to come when called is because whenever he's in a situation that he is starting to guard something and management fails, you need to be able to recall him away from that item, from that person, from that situation that he is starting to guard in. And then we also want to teach him a really reliable place command. Okay. Now, what that is, it's just a little cot or a bed that you're going to teach him when he gets on it to stay on it. Right now, now that he has learned how to recall and to go to a place, this is your first management skill. Whenever man, whenever other things fail and we accidentally put our dog into a situation that he is guarding your job, your responsibility is to recall him and send him to his place because he can't be laying on his place cot committed to staying there. If he is guarding and becoming aggressive towards people, does that make sense? Yes. That okay. Makes sense. Okay. Perfect. Now, um, 
when when we say when we say the door um you said you said that he will actually go out the door um at, towards people like he will he'll bust through the door when he's guarding you Oh no! What I mean is, like our bedroom, my bedroom door is open. He'll sit at the door. Ah, so no perfect. Okay, I misunderstood that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so the first sorry. things first, we got to start keeping that bedroom door closed, right? We have to start keeping that door closed. Don't allow him to sit in that area. Okay. okay. Now, once you have once you have taught him that recall that place, now we're going to start teaching him targeting. Targeting is when your dog moves from one location towards you and touches their nose to your hand. Okay, you're going to do this by presenting your hand to the dog. And as soon as their nose touches your hand, you're going to mark and reward that behavior. Give them a treat and then do it again and again and again. And then you're going to start labeling that behavior. You can say touch or target or whatever hand doesn't matter what you want the cue to be. And you're going to get your dog on cue to start moving and touching their nose to your hand. Then you're going to start getting your dog to move further away. So in other words, now you're doing it where it's like six inches in front of his nose. And then as we're working, you'll get to where he moves a foot to touch your hand, two feet, three feet, five feet to touch your hand. And you're going to start targeting him in and out of the bedroom door. Start teaching him that he can be moved in and out of that bedroom door. That way in the event that he is sitting at that bedroom door and you're like, oh my gosh, he's about to start guarding. You're able to give him that touch command and target him out of the area, okay? Now, once you've got your dog moving in and out, moving about five feet or so for that touch, that is when you're going to start actually implementing the resource guarding desensitization protocol. Now, this is where you can use your place cot, you can put him into a downstay in these specific areas at the door, right? You put him at the door and then you're going to get somebody else, a stranger. Make sure that your dog is muzzle trained because if things fail and your dog decides to charge, we don't want somebody getting hurt. Now, as that person enters the hallway, immediately in that moment, you're going to start feed, 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 right? And start showing the dog that in these situations, he does not have to be scared and fearful. So, and it looks like Will wants to add yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, so basically, you know, you've got to have some obedience commands in so you can manage the dog, number one. Number two, you're going to start counter-conditioning and desensitizing. So right now, the dog views those people as threats as they come towards you. You're going to have them at a very far distance. And when your dog sees it and doesn't care at, that they're at that far distance, you're going to pair food, like Jordan was saying, feed, feed, feed. We've got to pair food with these scary people every single time. Now, um, because we've got a lot of calls and we've got a lot of questions that we need to address, one of the things I'm going to direct you to do is go to the Pet Talk Today podcast. Do a search on Apple Podcast for Pet Talk Today. Episode 53, the entire episode is all in-depth information that we're giving you, but it's going to be in greater detail. And that's what you're going to need to do is go to episode 53, follow all of the guidelines in there. And if you do that, things are going to get better. Now, the one thing I want to say to you, there's no quick fix. This can take months and months and months. Okay. Um, you've got to go slow. You can only go as fast as the dog can handle this. You have to go at the dog's pace. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yes, it does. Okay, well, give Thank that. So yeah, give that a try. And if you have any questions, come back. We're here each and every Saturday morning from nine to ten, and we can give you some follow up information. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, listen, we appreciate we appreciate the call. I'm Will Bangura. And I'm Jordan Marsteller. And you're listening to Pet Talk Today here live on Facebook. We're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. taking your calls, taking your questions. Do us a favor. If you've got a question about your dog's training or behavior, please type your question into the comment section so that we can help you. That's what we do here at Pet Talk Today. We help you deal with all of your pet behavior and training issues. Um, The other thing please hit the like button, okay? Please hit the share button. We want to make sure that as many people as possible find out about Pet Talk today so they can get help as well. Not everybody can afford private in-home training, and that's why we do this, so we can help those um, that, that might not be able to afford training. And Facebook will allow us to be broadcast to more and more people the more likes we get and the more comments we get. So if you can do that, and hey, comment where you're watching from, comment what's going on with your dog, um, and we will answer those questions. Jordan, what do we got going on? Absolutely. Okay. So it looks like we have a lot of separation anxiety questions. Um, Now, it looks like Anne is also asking, how do you keep dogs from chewing and destroying blankets when she's alone? Well, and I highly recommend that you go and you look at the show that we, or the, the video from what, the first half of the show, we did go in depth about our separation anxiety. Now, let, me, could, let me, let me interrupt you though, yeah. too. Um, we did a interview yeah, did. with, uh, Milena Martini, and she is the authority on canine separation anxiety. If you go, and I know I'm going to say this again, uh, you're going to get sick of me saying go to the Pet Talk Today podcast, but when we've got a whole show that's dedicated to uh, separation anxiety, then we want to send you to that. Episode 48. Episode 48 deals with separation anxiety. Okay? Man, I love the fact that you can just recall these episodes. Oh, I can't recall. I I'm it. looking. I, I, I'm <laughs> cheating. I'm, I pulled up a browser hey, and I'm looking. Hey, hey, if we're anything, we're on. Listen, honest, listen, I'm 56. There's no way I'm going to remember Pick that up six, stuff. Right. Yeah. So we also have a question from Janet Love. She says that her dog is so unreasonable. When someone walks by, she flips out and can't be called. Can she really be trained to come? When she is flipping out, the answer to your question in no, short, I was going to not say no. when she's flipping <laughs> out. So how do we it. deal with I that? I was going to say it. Dang. So yeah, no, she can't. When she's flipping out, she cannot be trained. Um, once your dog reacts, it's too late. So what you need to do is you need to start practicing at a distance where your dog doesn't have a care in the world. So let's just say your dog starts to flip out. Can I just say something? Because we say that a lot. You got to start at a distance where your dog doesn't have a care in the world. Now, your dog knows that that thing it doesn't like is out there, but you've got to be, as Jordan said, far enough away where the dog doesn't have a care in the world. And what you're going to start to do is associate positive things with that trigger. But if you're trying to associate positive food rewards with the trigger and the dog is concerned about the trigger, you're just reinforcing the anxiety and the fear. 
you've got to start at a distance the dog doesn't care and little by little you move forward all right absolutely absolutely and you know in short oh excuse me in short that really is the response here janet is you're going to start at a distance where your dog doesn't care and you're going to start giving them obedience commands recalls loose leash walking that is the big one here is doing Loose leash walking, teaching your dog not to pull on leash and not to get distracted by things. And then little by little, you will get closer and closer to the trigger. All right. Now, here's the thing. Slowly. Yes. Very Over weeks slowly. or months. Yeah. Seriously. People think, oh, I practice today. I can get closer tomorrow. No, not necessarily. Is there a chance your dog could get closer tomorrow? Yeah, maybe. But more likely, more than likely, your dog is going to have to wait until you know, next week, the week after, next month. These things take time. If at any point your dog starts reacting and pulling and lunging and flipping out, you've gone too far, too fast, too quickly. And you need to take a step back. You need to be the thing that your dog likes more than anything else. And you need to begin to uh, keep your dog's focus and attention. And you can't do that when you're too close to the distraction. You've got to work at a distance and keep the dog focused on you. And lots of positive things are happening. Feed, 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 feed. And little by little over time, weeks and months, you get to go closer. But again, every time you try to go closer, if the new distance your dog has any care, any concern, you've gone too close too soon. Okay. Absolutely. And here's a question I think I want to hand over to you, Will. Okay. So this is from Christy. Christy says, how do you get a dog to not destroy all their toys and to not get to the stuffing inside? She likes her playing with them, but not eating the bad stuff inside. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Why do you continue to get those type of toys? And, and I know that might not be the answer that you want to hear, but I guarantee you, if you keep giving your dog those type of toys and it's pulling the stuffing out, it's not going to be long before the dog's saying, hey, that pillow has got similar feel to my toy. And by gosh, when I chew it and there's a little hole in there, there's stuffing in it, just like my toy. So let me pull the stuffing out of this pillow on the couch. Then it becomes the couch cushion or the arm of a chair. And so I'm not a fan of getting dogs plush toys that if they're the type of dog that pulls the stuffing out. Now you can get plush toys with no stuffing. You can get plush toys with no stuffing. Because here's the problem. If you correct the dog when it's pulling the stuffing out of the toy, the dog's going to think it can't play with the toy. Yeah. And and so that's that's the problem with that is that, you know, how do you teach the dog not to pull the stuffing out of it's a, it? Okay? It's a hard task. That's a hard task. And quite frankly, I mean, we could teach you how to do it, but nobody's going to do it. Yeah. It's too time consuming. And it's just as easy to get rid of those type of toys and to get the plush toys that your dog likes, but without the stuffing Absolutely. in it. And here's the thing. You know, one thing that I like to add to that is whenever there's a toy that has Anything that your dog can rip up, swallow, you know, whether it is a, um, whether, whether it's, you know, stuffing or strings or some sort of strands, things like that. The rule here is do not let your dog chew on these things when you are not supervising them. Because let me tell you something. If those strands tangle up in your dog's intestines, you have two options. 
Option one, a very expensive surgery. Option two, your dog's going to have to get euthanized. This is not something that's going to fix itself. It is a very serious problem, and it happened to my own dog. You know, you said something that I want to repeat because it's so important. You've said it several times throughout the show. Listen, if you've got a dog that's destructive, if you've got a dog that has behavior and manners issues in the house, the number one rule, you must keep the dog in your eyesight. You must supervise that dog or you've got to confine the dog where Absolutely. it can't get into trouble. Because dogs keep doing the wrong behaviors. We're not there to correct them in the act. And then we wonder why those behaviors never go away. We've got to be able to see the problem. We've got to be able to correct the problem. It's got to happen within zero to a half a second of the dog engaging in that. So timing is everything and you've got to keep that dog in your eyes. Absolutely. Now I had mentioned, I had mentioned to folks when they first came on that I was going to share the seven secrets to a perfectly trained dog. Ah. So here they are. Number one, Limit interaction with other dogs and other people. Now, here's the thing. If you've ever been to Europe and you've seen the dogs, I spent a lot of time in Germany. um, They don't let their dogs interact much with other dogs. They don't let their dogs interact much with other people because here in America, boy, you let another dog go to a dog and it's a melee. They get crazy, hyper excited. Same thing when people meet your dog, they get your dog all jacked up. We want our dogs to be calm and relaxed. I don't let my dogs get excited around dogs. I don't let my dogs get excited around people. I want a calm dog that I can control. I want a calm dog that I have the ability to be able to manage. And so I'm going to start from day one, not letting my dog get that excitable energy. And you know what's crazy, Will? Let me tell you something. My dog, my dog, Harley, walking on leash is phenomenal. Yes, I am a professional dog trainer. However, she is phenomenal, non-reactive, doesn't pull, doesn't care about other dogs. You know how many dogs Harley has met in her life and actually interacted with? Mm-hmm. Three. Yeah. And the dogs, dogs, the dogs aren't asking folks. You're doing that on your own. Yeah. Again, go to Europe. The dogs... Um, they can walk into stores because they're so well-behaved. They could care less about another dog. They could care less about a strange person. There's no such thing as a dog-friendly patio because nobody has to worry about it because they know that they can just bring their dogs because they're all behaved. So number one, limit the interaction with other dogs and other people. Listen, that's you're doing that for your dog because you want that, not because your dog whispered in your ear, hey, I want to meet other dogs and people. Number two, teach engagement. And what I mean by that is, You've got to be the center of your dog's universe. If you let other things be more fun than you, for example, letting your dog play with other dogs and they have a whole lot of fun versus that fun coming from you, when there are other dogs, you won't be able to control your dog. Absolutely. All good things. Everything fun needs to come from you. And you need to use high value food rewards, yep. motivate the dog to want to be with you, motivate the dog to want to pay attention to you, motivate the dog to want to do some work, do sits and downs and recalls and things of that nature. But you have to be the center of your no, dog's universe. Seriously. And if you're not the center of your dog's universe, then your dog's always going to be responding to distractions in the environment and you're not going to have a well-behaved dog. Now, you know, real quick, you know what people say? when they come into my house, they say, holy cow, your dog 
does not stop looking at you. If people come into my house and tell Harley to sit or down or do anything, you know what she does? She looks to me. She looks at me and she's like, uh, am I supposed to do this? When I get up, guess what Harley's doing? She is watching me. When Harley wants something, she comes to me. When Harley wants fun, when she's excited, she gets all happy and excited, even if somebody else is playing with her, and she comes to me because I am the center of that dog's universe. Well, and and interesting you should say that because my third tip out of my seven secrets is your most important cue or command should be the best and most fun activity and game your dog could ever play. And Ah. that should be a recall, the come command. Absolutely. All right. You need to play that game of come over and over and over and you need to reward the hell out of your dog with a handful of chicken every time you do that. Your recall is the most important thing that you could possibly have. Now, let me say this. Stop poisoning your recall. Let me tell you how you poison the recall. You know how you make a dog not want to come to you? Any of you ever had your dog pick something up in its mouth and you asked the dog to come to you and when you did that, you took it away from the dog? punished them? So why should the dog come to you if every time you call them, you're taking something away? Absolutely. That will poison the cue. Give your dog something better. Trade when that happens, okay? A handful of chicken for whatever it has, that's more important. You've got to make sure that you're working that recall and that as your dog comes to you, great things happen. You know, if you call your dog to you to yell at the dog, the yeah. dog's going to stop wanting to come to you. You know what happens you. when your dog runs out the front door and you call them back to you and they finally get back to you and you yell at them, you punish them, you lock them up. They just realized, oh man, the longer I stay away, the more fun I have. The sooner I go back, the sooner I'm in trouble. Exactly. Now, number four, and I talked about this over and over and over today, and I talk about this every week, probably, supervisor confined. Ah. Stop letting your dogs engage in unwanted behavior and you not being there to issue a consequence. Absolutely. The dogs have to have a consequence in the act of doing the unwanted behavior, if you want this to stop, if you keep letting your dogs engage in unwanted behaviors because you're not supervising them, good luck. Let me ask you a question. Why do you let you, why do you not allow your three-year-old child to play in their bedroom unsupervised? Because they're going to do something to get themselves in trouble or get themselves hurt or get into something they shouldn't or do something they shouldn't be. Guess what? That's the same thing as your dog. People go, they go, well, my dog should just know not to do it. No, 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 no. Your dog. You have to teach your dog. Yeah. You have to teach your dog that your dog can't be destructive. You've got to teach your dog that your dog can't pee in the house. You've got to teach your dog manners. You know, we're asking these dogs to adapt to our life. So we better teach them what we want because dogs are pretty much just being dogs. Number five, number five. Lay down, have the dog lay down an hour a day and issue 10 random down commands a day. I'm talking about lay down. So every day I want you to work on keeping your dog in a down position for an hour every single day for an hour. You want a calm, relaxed dog. You want a dog that is well-behaved. The down command, probably the most important command for having a calm, relaxed dog. They have to learn how to relax. And then you want that to be reliable. So what you're going to do is you're going to give 10 down commands throughout the day. 
Now, that's just down and done. We're not talking about the dog's got to stay there for an hour. But you're going to do both of those. And if you do both of those, you're going to start having... I guarantee it, folks. If you do that down command an hour a day, I guarantee you in 30 days, you're going to have a completely different dog. Anybody that doesn't believe me, do it. Do it and then tell me I'm a liar. Yeah. Okay? Number six, little by little, increase distractions for proofing. Now, here's the thing. If your dog loses it in front of a distraction, you have been training too close too soon to that distraction. Your training and your engagement with your dog has to be the most fun thing that your dog does in anything it does in its daily life. Use high value food rewards. Really engage with your dog. Get your dog excited and happy about this. And Work in distractions, but if your dog loses its focus, well, that distraction's too much. You got to dial it back. Once your dog is used to focusing on you in, in a mild distraction, then you go to a little bit harder distraction. And again, if your dog loses it, well, you didn't spend enough training at the lesser distraction. You need to take a step back. Number seven generalize by training everywhere. So the training you do, a lot of times people, the problem is, is that they only train in one location and dogs are somewhat location specific. You need to make sure that you are training your dog everywhere and you want to take your dog everywhere, okay? So that your dog becomes aloof to what's happening in the world, that your dog is aloof to all the distractions, okay? I want you to think about distractions as competing motivators. And if you go to a new place, your dog's going to be so interested in that new place, it's not focusing on you. But if you take your dog everywhere, expose your dog to everything, train everywhere, well, then it's like, oh, been there, done that, the dog becomes aloof. And that's exactly what you see with dogs in Europe. Their dogs are aloof to the distractions. And that's the kind of stuff that we need to be doing. I'm Will Bangura. And I'm Jordan Marsteller. And you've been listening to Pet Talk today on Facebook Live. Hey, folks, we're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 until 10 a.m. Do us a favor. Share our videos to your feed. Um, share our page, Pet Talk Today. Tell your friends, tell your family about that. Every Saturday, we're here to take your questions and to help you with your puppy and dog training issues. You know, not everybody can afford private in-home training. And so that's why we do this. This is what we do. So let others know so that um, they can benefit from this as well. Well, we're just about out of time. We've got about a minute and we've got to wrap up. Um, I want to thank everybody that submitted a question today. And please, if we didn't get to your question, come back next week. Ask your questions. We're going to be here. Um, also, from time to time, we do special podcasts. So make sure that you go to the Pet Talk Today podcast and listen to those episodes because there are some things on the podcast that won't be on Facebook Live as well. If you've got a comment, if you've got a question, you can also email us. The email address is info at pettalktoday.com. That's info at pettalktoday.com. Well, today has been a fantastic show. And again, if we didn't get to your question, please, we apologize. Um, and come back next week 
and ask again. We will try our hardest to get to everything that we possibly can. And you know what? Today has been a fantastic show. I'm very, very pleased with everybody. Thank you for watching. And I am your co-host, Jordan Marsteller, here for Pet Talk Today. And we look forward to hearing back from you and seeing you next week live again in studio at 9 a.m. Hey, folks, have a wonderful weekend. Be safe. Love your dogs. Train your dogs. <laughs>